travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the shenanigans. It was the early 80s, and sex was still a good way to meet new people. The disappointment. Now that's a real shame when folks be throwing away a perfectly good white boy like that. And the self-confidence. I'm six foot, three inches tall, and maintain a very consistent panda bear shape. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears. And B-Rad. And today we go back 30 years to talk about our favorite movies from March 1987. Here's your chance to run for it. Your very last chance. So as is custom here at Stuck in the 80s, whenever we do like a uh, time trip back to a specific moment in time, we like to kind of go back and sort of discuss where we were in our lives. Yeah, set the stage. So 1987, Brad, are you still working at a movie theater back then? Uh, I believe in the spring of 1987, so that's sophomore year in college, I was still living in the dorms down at UC Irvine. And so, yes, I was working at the Edwards Theater right across the street from UC Irvine. It was a much nicer movie theater than the dump I worked in in Fullerton. (laughs) So I'm trying to think. So March 87. Oh, this was the infamous semester of uh, such famous stuck in 80s characters as Nummy Nummy Girl. Mm. The one that I went to the Genesis uh, concert with in Orlando. Um, And Lasagna Girl, who was a sorority sister of Nummy Nummy Girl. Oh, my gosh. So complicated. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So what's the how far is it from University of Florida to Orlando? You say road trip, like it's not like you don't have to lay in provisions. It's probably some number of hours, ninety minutes maybe. It's not like the Oregon Trail. No, well, you no, died of dysentery going to the Genesis concert. Well, nearly so. Um, it, probably ninety minutes or so. You know, but yeah. when you grow up, I mean, when you've spent like the last couple of years in Gainesville, you know, which was at that time still a pretty small town, and uh, yeah, you head into um, a town like Orlando that you've never been to before, and try to navigate your way around to. Oh yeah, Sydney. that's true. I mean, yeah. that was the trip, actually. That, And we document all this on a previous podcast. It, if you go yeah. back and you go back to – it's like in the first couple of years of the show, if you go back, it's um, – Back when it was a little more freeform and avant-garde. <laughs> yeah. We, we talk, there's, there's an episode where we talk about uh, Genesis uh, Invisible Touch as an album. And so you can hear all the stories about – Nummy Nummy Girl, why I called her that. And I don't know when Lasagna Girl, a.k.a. Peach Laundry Girl, comes into play. But but I, but I did She was in play. play. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway. You know what? Now that I think about it, this would have been – this is right when um, – right before the third quarter at UC Irvine. And I had to move out of the dorms because I couldn't afford it. Like my folks Ooh. were going to help me pay for the third quarter of my housing. And – we had lived in California for a few years, but they hadn't been able to sell their house back in Oklahoma, so they were renting that out. And the family that was renting the house, like the husband died in a car crash. This is crazy circumstance. It's horrible, horrible thing. Of course, to me, all I like is, oh, well, my parents aren't getting any rent money, and now they can't help pay for my housing. So I had to move home at the end oh of my, my sophomore year. Yeah, which was like – I mean, this, is, this sounds terrible, but that was the moment where I'm like, okay, I, you know what? I got to do this myself. Yeah. You know? Well, there's nothing wrong with that. It's true. It's true. I never really, I, you know, it's been a long time since I thought about that. 
I'm sure that that's causing me deep-seated psychological problems as I try and figure out how to pay for my kid's college. Why don't you get a job, Spicoli? What for? You need money. <laughs> All I need are some tasty waves, cool buzz, and I'm fine. So here's what we're going to try to do today. We've, I don't think we've ever tried this before. We are specifically narrowing in on movies that were released in March 1987. Brad and I will each pick one that we like. And to be honest, we're avoiding a couple of the obvious choices. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there were only like 10 movies that were released in March anyway. I mean, it's not a big movie month. Right. And two of them were Lethal Weapon and Raising Arizona. Right. Which I'd love to spend an hour talking about Raising Arizona just to make Steve mad, but... (laughs) You're not going to make me watch it. I can't, no, I can't oh, no. stand when when Nick Cage does accents. I can't. I can't stand it. So, so your insides are a rocky place, Steve. Where this movie can find no purchase. Yeah. So we each cover a movie. Then we have some uh, interesting seggies for you, and some interesting, if not uh, downright scandalous, uh, final moments. So let's get started. What was the movie from uh, March 1987 that kind of caught your eye? So I looked at the list of movies, which, again, I said was pretty short. And other than those first two that we discussed, the one that jumped right out at me was Tin Men. Of all the people that can run into me, it has to be another Tin Man. How come I don't know him? Ah, oh, come on. You must have seen him. He hangs out with that group, you know, with Cheese, uh, Carly Benelli, Gibraltar Siding. You know that group. I don't know the guy. Come on. When we were up at the corral, he was there one night, you know, when we were all there. You know, he, he's a good dancer. You must know. You must have seen. I don't know the guy. What are you Gilly doesn't about? know the guy. Hey, listen, I thought he knew the guy, okay, Sam? Seems, I can't believe he didn't know the guy. He seems to be indicating that he doesn't know him. I don't know the guy, all right? I don't think I've seen this movie. You know, it's funny. I watched it again just last night. It's available for rent on Amazon. It was, you know, three or four bucks. Big deal. But it was released in March. It's March 6, 1987. Um, it's a Barry Levinson film. Um, okay. It's kind of a, you know, he did a series of Baltimore movies. I think he must have grown up in Baltimore, but Diner was the first, uh-huh. which is a great movie. We have, I don't sure. think we ever talked about that. Um, then this was the second one, Avalon 1990, which I don't remember, and Liberty Heights from 1999, which I do kind of remember. So the, the, the premise of the movie is the main characters are tin men they're aluminum siding salesmen and they are just they're con men i mean they are they're con men in suits you know they they have every trick they have all these tricks to try and get people to buy the aluminum siding from them they're just trying to close the deal close the deal close the deal and they're the the two main characters uh richard dreyfus as bb and danny devito as tilly um are, are feuding over this car accident that happens at the very beginning like the first scene of the movie uh, and it, it, the feud kind of builds and you know they you know oh we're gonna fight oh no okay well, i'm gonna bash the windows in your car in and it, it escalates to the point where bb's like i'm going you know i'm not gonna get even i'm gonna crush this guy i'm gonna sleep with his wife and so <laughs> he seduces tilly's wife it's played by barbara hershey who's just she's so good in this and and then there are some unintended consequences from that. As uh, there always Tilly, are. Yeah, Tilly's like, great, have her. And he's like, oh, but I, that's not what, oh, ah. And, and, you know, then he's like, oh, he realizes he has feelings for her. And, you know, so. But it's, I really enjoyed it when I watched it last night. I was surprised that I thought of it only having seen it when I was, what, 20? 19? Because I don't really know what of it I thought 
was good as a 19 year old. I enjoyed it as a almost 50 year old, but it's a, it's kind of it occurred to me. It's kind of a buddy film where BB and Tilly are buddies, but they hate each other. Huh? You know, cause the whole movie is about their relationship. And at the end of it, the end of the movie is them riding off together, like talking, like he gives them a ride someplace and they're chatting about, well, what are you going to do? Cause the other kind of undercurrent of the movie is that the uh, state of Maryland has set up this commission that are looking into, you know, uh, predatory sales practices and the aluminum siding business. And both of them lose their licenses to sell, uh, sell siding. So they're like, well, what are we going to do now? And, and that's kind of where it ends. But, uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a um I know you're not a big fan of the period piece, but it's uh you know, set in the early 60s, the cars are amazing. These Cadillacs that everyone's driving are just these these apartment-sized yachts with these giant, you know, space fins on them and it's wow, you know. And everybody like no matter what time of day or night, the men are all in suits, always. And just, it's very smart looking, you know, very sharp looking. Um, you know, the guys are all out at all hours of the night. You know, um, Barbara Hershey's character basically is like, oh, I can go, you know, I can go over to BB's place because, you know, Tilly doesn't get home until three o'clock in the morning anyway. You know, so yeah, it's, it's interesting and it's just kind of slice of life stuff. There's a lot of scenes where, um, they're the kind of the, <laughs> I call it the Tin Men posses. They're kind of two posses, BB's posse and Tilly's posse. They're like at a diner talking about stuff or they're shooting pool talking about stuff. And like one of the characters, um, oh, what's his name? He was a comedian, a Vegas kind of comedian, Jackie Gale. That's what I was thinking of. Uh, Jackie Gale's character is obsessed with the show Bonanza and he keeps like interjecting, did you guys watch Bonanza last night? I just don't think it's a very accurate depiction of the Old West. You know, <laughs> it's, just, it's just really funny and everyone at the table's kind of rolled their eyes at him. Like you do with your friends, right? You know, I mean, it just, it rings true. That part of it rings true. It, it's, it sounds to me like kind of an adult version of Diner. Yeah, and that's why I say I'm not sure what about it made me really like it, other than I know one thing for sure is um, the Finding Cannibals are in it. They have three or four songs on the soundtrack. They appear in a club scene as the band in the club, and um, Good Thing plays over the closing credits. And that's what I really remember is, like, this song is super catchy. Why can't I find it? Like, you know, you didn't have the internet. You could go to the record store once a week and look through the albums but there wasn't anything so when that came out on fine young cannibals first album i'm like yes got it <laughs> uh, that's interesting i mean I, I never i mean it so you have to rent it now you can't it's not available like on streaming netflix or it's not streaming right now it's not streaming right now but i mean like i said it's a great cast uh dreyfus it's so fun to see richard dreyfus and danny devito kind of hash at each other because they're number one like my kids came in while i was watching and they're like is that danny devito he's so young i'm like well he still has dark hair yes granted still yeah. bald still short um, Barbara Hershey is really good. You know, this is after, uh, after Hoosiers, but before beaches and, and the supporting cast, you keep seeing people you recognize John Mahoney, um, who was, uh, oh, the Frazier, dad in yeah. Frazier. Yeah. And Ross, it's his Lo first Lloyd Dobler's dad. And uh, no, not, uh, Diane uh, yeah, Lloyd dad. Dobler's. Yeah. Lloyd Dobler's father-in-law to be, um, this is his first major film role and he's so good. Uh, let's see. Bruno Kirby is in it as one of the kind of posse guys, kind of small part. Uh, JT Walsh, who's in Good Morning Vietnam, is uh, 
Tilly's boss. And it's just, it's a good cast. And they seem to be uh, having a good time at kind of taking it seriously and playing, you know, occupying their roles. But some of the, some of the scams that the Tin Men run are just, it's just amazing to see this stuff, the way they work. Like, you know, they'll pull up in front of some house and one of them will pull out a camera on a tripod and they're like, oh yeah. And they're talking really loud. Like, oh, oh yeah, this is perfect. You can see how the paint is peeling there and the colors kind of faded. And, you know, and eventually, of course, the housewife comes out like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, oh, well, we're with Life magazine and we're taking some pictures for our home beautification you know issue and this is going to be the before picture for an aluminum siding installation just like well wait you know you're going to put my house on life magazine as the as the before picture why can't i be the after picture you know basically the, the hook is set oh, at that man, point and, that's just, nice. and they just they just close the deal on them uh, <laughs> so stuff like it's you know you see it happening and you're just like oh these guys are such scam artists but it's it it's interesting because you know Tilly is not a likable guy in a lot of ways, but there is some nuance to the character and you do kind of find yourself rooting for him, even though he's kind of a jerk. I'm not sure how, you know, how Levinson manages to kind of build that sympathy for the character. Well, the movie, the movie I uh, gravitate towards uh, from March, 1987, similar to yours in the sense that sometimes I kind of wonder who I have sympathy for. Uh, It's a movie uh, we like to call blind date. Is she reasonably good looking? Reasonably doesn't begin to describe it. Ted, Ted, just this once, please. The truth. Susie, mm-hmm. tell Walter Nadia's pretty. She's very pretty, Walter. Oh, my God, I almost forgot. Listen, uh, don't get her drunk. She loses control completely. But don't get her drunk. If you get her drunk, she loses control. Ted, are we talking about a loss of inhibitions here, or does she pee on the floor? What does lose control mean? Oh, she gets, you know, she gets real wild. She gets real wild. (laughs) All right, I'm doing this. I may kill you later, but I'm doing this now. Before I change my mind, give me the number. So Blind Date was released uh, March 27th, 1987, um, directed by Blake Edwards, who, believe it or not, had 12 films that he either wrote or directed in the 80s. Really? 12. Oh, my gosh. But what he made up for Pink in Panther? Quantity. No, those are seventies. No, I mean he, he's got a, a just a, a filmography that just never ends. And to be honest, I always kind of had a weakness for his movies. Like I would watch Sob or you know, obviously Ten. As, as soon as I was old enough over to watch and over, 10. yeah. But but even like his schlocky late eighties stuff, I, I would still watch it because I'm like it's Blake Edwards. You know, what I mean he was like a. I don't well, know. What's like the what, what's schlocky late 80s stuff? I don't even remember. Well, some of the schlockier stuff in my mind, uh, A Fine Mess, um, Skin Deep. Oh, gosh, yeah. yeah. But he, he had some uh, you know Pink Panther movies that were kind of sprinkled in there. He also did he do really Victor good, Victoria in the – is that Victor 80? Victoria, 1982. Yeah. Okay. Um, so <laughs> The Man Who Loved Women was, was in uh, the 80s. <laughs> Oh no! So, yeah, it's not Mickey and Maude. Not a great. Julie movie. Andrews is like, just get out of the house. I don't care what you're directing. Just get <laughs> yeah. out of the house. Exactly, exactly. So this one stars uh, Bruce Willis, Kim Basinger, and uh, John Larroquette. And it's interesting because all their careers were just kind of starting to take off. Bruce Willis at yeah, that that's point, pretty early. Yeah, Bruce Willis at that point had um, he'd had a few seasons of mood lining underneath him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Die Hard was still a year away. Larroquette was already on TV on Night Court. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, oh. Basinger, who was actually top billed in this movie, she got the top billing. 
Well, yeah. She had the most experience. She was in Never Say yeah. Never Again, The Natural, Nine and a Half Weeks. Hey, so there's I'm the sh- connection between our two movies. I didn't think about that until right now. Uh, both Bassinger and Barbara Hershey are in The Natural. Yeah, exactly. So I don't blame them for jumping at a script from Blake Edwards where the three of them can you know star together. And, uh, and so along comes Blind Date, which when I look back on it, it it's kind of ironic because um, – you know how how you feel the movie is depends on like who you ask. Um, okay, critics hated it. They hated it. They gave it a twenty two percent fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Ouch! Um, audiences loved it. Um, it was number one at the box office the weekend it started. It was. It ended up being a financial success. Um, and I, I I credit a lot of that to to Willis and Lara Cat. I mean, I think I yeah, think it's all Bruce Willis's hair. Yeah, <laughs> he still had it. The um the story, if you haven't seen it, and it's 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 a hard movie to find too. It's not on Netflix or Amazon, as far as I can tell. Um, you can find a copy of it on YouTube, like a kind of a real, yeah, like a dodgy sketchy. kind of yeah, in a yeah. box. Yeah, exactly. Um, the movie, it's it's exactly what you think it is. Um, Bruce Willis gets needs a a date for a company function. His boss is a stickler. <laughs> Is a stickler for having you know everyone needs to have a date. No one's going stag to a, to a company dinner. So his relatives, I think it's his brother who's played by Phil Hartman actually. Okay, and um, and uh, his I guess a cousin or something like that set him up with Nadia, played by uh, you know uh, Kim Basinger, who um, with this one warning. And you can't miss it. They make a big deal of it, and you just and you know we they make a big deal of it because you just heard the clip. Don't let Nadia drink. If you do, things will go. She tends to go crazy, and and they seem very very you know clear about that one thing. And Bruce Willis seems like a smart guy, or his character does, I should say. Steve, what's going to happen in Act Three? I I can't even guess. In fact, it's not even halfway through Act One. He brings a bottle of champagne on the date. Like, don't let her drink. I mean, I mean, at that point, like, even like the twenty-year-old version of me is like, "Come on, dude. You know, don't let her drink." Yeah. Um, Nobody so- calls me chicken. <laughs> yeah. Really? I bet that's going to happen three or four more times. So, so she drinks. She makes an ass of herself. She plays one of the worst movie drunks I've ever seen. For that matter, oh, yeah. but it's funny. I mean, she, everything she does gets uh, Bruce Willis in more and more trouble. Added to the fun, uh, her ex-boyfriend, played by you know John Larroquette, shows up and then becomes obsessed with her and starts stalking them all night. Every bad thing that can happen to you on a blind date happens. I mean, he gets fired, he, he wrecks his car, he gets arrested. So I mean, the whole nine yards. Um, so the, like what we are, we call Thursday around here, yeah. More like Friday morning here in Orlando, but it turns out, you know, and so I always kind of, I've always liked this movie, but I always thought that it could have been better. I mean, you've got all these great actors who, you know, at the height of their career, why can't you give them better material? I mean, it turns out that the script itself had been rewritten so many times that even the original author disavowed the movie by the time it reached theaters. That's how bad That's not a good sign. That's not a good sign when something's in development that long. Yeah. And... Roger Ebert, when he wrote up his review in the Chicago uh, Sun-Times, he wrote – and I think this captures it. He writes, quote, is this movie worth seeing? Gee, I don't know. Most of the time I wasn't (laughs) laughing. 
Most of the time, <laughs> I wasn't laughing. But when I was laughing, I was genuinely laughing. There are some absolutely inspired moments. This is the kind of movie that serves as a reminder that comedy is agonizingly difficult when it works and even more trouble when it doesn't, unquote. Hmm. Yeah, that's kind of so, funny when he like gives you the shrug. I don't know. I mean, that's yeah. his whole job is to tell you whether you're supposed to go or not. Right. You had one job. It's like you so, pick uh, it. But this is the, But this is the it. I mean, if there's ever a movie that lands on a critic's desk and you're just like, I don't know what to say. I've really laughed out yeah. loud a few times. But other times I was just like, wah, wah. yeah. So anyway, I was doing some research on it earlier, and I found some bizarre things. First of all, I didn't realize this was uh, Bruce Willis's first movie credit. Oh, he appeared in 1982's The Verdict, but just as like a uncredited courtroom observer. Okay. Um, when the movie was conceived, the idea was that Sean Penn and Madonna would be originally cast as that fateful couple. Mm-hmm. Um, that would have been and, a very different movie. <laughs> and, and it has this odd thing at the very beginning, and it's where the whole champagne stuff. Uh, guitarist Stanley Jordan appears as himself and as apparently a friend of uh, Bruce Willis's. Uh, huh. where they, and they go to one of his performances and and drink the champagne that, that starts the ball rolling uh, you know, down the hill to a certain disaster. <laughs> but the, to me, like one of the more bizarre things about this whole thing is nobody kind of uses the word blind date anymore. I mean, this is this, you want to talk about a concept that's truly trapped in time. Yeah. I mean, can you even have a blind date in the internet world? You'd have to try pretty hard. I mean, you, you know, you yeah, would have to really the, do that on yeah. purpose, which yeah. why, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you? I don't know. I mean, that just runs counter to who I am. Why would you not gather every tiny bit of information you could about somebody before you went and sure. even had a cup? You know, if you're going to spend any time well, with them, yeah, you certainly would. You, you certainly would know what they looked like. Yeah, you know, you would have you would have read their profile if it was online dating. Like, is online dating count as blind dating? Because I kind of think no. it does. Yeah, well, sort of. Is it? I mean, well, you you can speak more authoritatively to this topic than I can, Steve. But yeah, I mean, honestly, what, I don't know that I've ever been on a blind date in my entire life. I don't think I ever. Oh, went on I a blind have. Date. And you uh, want to know why that is? Because nobody I know knows any girls. Because <laughs> all my friends are idiots. Well, the infamous um, the the infamous story about the Ghostbusters date that wasn't a blind date. But I had my mom when I was living in Jacksonville. And this was a few years after college. My mom was a nurse at that point uh, at a nursing yeah. home somewhere in Clearwater. And she had a coworker who had a single daughter in Jacksonville. There you and, go. Um, so oh, they you two should down. get together. And so um, I know I had some phone calls with this girl. You know, that's, I think the only thing we did ahead of time was like, we talked on the phone and yeah. we got along really well. And then in person, it was just, it was awful from the moment. Oh. I think she wanted to go see she wanted to go see some rom com, and I was like, "No, let's go see JFK." <laughs> <laughs> and, so did uh, she whip out the calculator and like figure out how much date was going to cost you? Just wrote her a check. First, we would have got a dinner that's ten bucks a piece, unless you're a cheapskate. But I'm willing to give you the benefit of the doubt. Thanks. Better off dead style. Not, yeah. Um, practically, because um, we were oh, supposed to order double desserts. <laughs> We were supposed to go see the movie and then go to dinner afterwards. And as soon as the movie was over, she's like, I think it's time just to go home. <laughs> and then she gave me the infamous, <laughs> the infamous line at the end of the night that I've gotten twice now in my life. And I'm sure not for the last time. If I never see you again, have a nice life. Man, that one is really – that one keeps popping up. 
Yeah. What, it's, it's, what, it's, what it's happened to you in a previous life that that line keeps showing up? I don't know. I, I, I've done plenty of bad things in this life where I deserve that to pop up every once in a while. It's funny that we're like talking about this topic this week because um, it's sort of like a. I sort of had like a blind date earlier this week. Um, oh, yeah? Somebody, somebody who was on open the, one eye. <laughs> somebody who was on the eighties cruise with us, but I didn't meet her on the cruise. I kind of met her like post cruise and all the Facebook mania that goes on with the eighties okay. cruise yeah. people on Facebook. So we we befriended each other and and started chatting. And so last night. I don't even think I've told you this story. It's not that. No, it's, this, it's, is, it's, this is fresh. Certified so fresh. Last, last night, I was like, well, let's. She didn't come to any of our trivia sessions. Good so choice. I've never, so, Blind date. Yeah. Good choice. So, so I've never seen her in person. She's never seen me in person. Um, she'd never listened to our podcast before, like this week. So she's basically a normal member of society. Yeah. So she's not like, you know, crazy stalker chick, of which there's uh-huh. been a few. Over the years, I keep talking about the trivia thing. She's like, "Can you? Is there any way for you to tell me the questions or show me the questions?" And the only way I could think to do it was a Google Hangout. That's so, a really good idea. Yeah. So we got on Google Hangout last night, and um, I played her day one on the PowerPoint presentation. I just did a screen okay. share so she could see it. Yeah. I mean, sure. we talked. We talked for like an hour before we did that. I mean, I didn't say, "Okay, yeah. hi." Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Hi, welcome, welcome, to welcome to trivia. <laughs> She's like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm talking to a game show host. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do that. But we had we had this really nice chat. Richard and, Dawson um, is my hero. <laughs> we talked about everything. We talked about Jesse's girl. We talked about the lineup for next year's stuff and all that kind of stuff. Nice. Anyway, so so finally I get around to um, okay, I'm going to show her the trivia and yeah. she. I mean she. Did, I mean she fared about as well as a lot of people did in that room. So. Is there going to be a second blind date? I hope so. Or does but, she cut um, you off after the shenanigans? <laughs> she should after I gave her those questions. I think she got one right. I'm trying to remember which one it was. The trivia um, oh, questions she... are not to be used as a courting tool, Steve. <laughs> I thought that was an, I thought I was explicit in the preparation of those decks. I don't that the trivia, about that trivia is not meant to be a courting tool. No. <laughs> yeah. she you only put on she your got string right. tie and you bring the fried chicken, but you do not bring the trivia. The only one she got right was the uh, what kind of doctor was Jason Seaver. So, oh, there you go. She may have got another one, but I, I know that one for sure. Everybody got that one right. You know what else everybody gets, Steve? The, the Seggies. Ah, uh, the mystical refrain that is reader mailbag. And after chastising everybody after our last show about no emails, we got practically no emails. Well, we got people who answered the seggies. Is it something we said or didn't say? People people have run out of stories even faster than we have. So, uh, Brad, why don't you read the story? This one's from Silvio in Winter Springs, Florida, which is actually just around the corner from me here in Orlando. Oh, yeah? You should have had him by to read his own letter. Um, here we go. Silvio writes, Hi, guys. I'm really enjoying the mystery movie moments from recent shows. The mystery movie from the most recent show... And many other of my 80s favorite movie titles are in scraps of paper in a small bucket we keep by the TV. Every now and then we pick one out randomly and unseen to watch as a family. As you can imagine, I get a lot of flack, eye rolling, and comments from my judgmental kids as my (laughs) daughter is 21 and my boys are 18 and 16. I can't believe they sit still for it. Like, do you have to strap them to the couch? 
My bucket is 85% filled with my movie titles, and the rest are some that I've allowed them to write and add to the bucket. The movie selected must be watched, regardless of groans, except for one almighty veto allowed to my wife. But she can only veto once, and the next movie must be watched. So I guess they must <laughs> pick a, pick another one. Like, that's the double or nothing, right? Yeah. To door, you want to keep the goat, or do you want to see if there's a car behind door number two? He continues, they love trading places in Midnight Run, but hated Spaceballs. Liked Adventures in Babysitting, but hated the Lost Boys. I don't know, man. What? That's weird. I know. They also liked Hunt for Red October, which is not an 80s movie, and Die Hard, but hated the thing. I almost disowned them over that last one. I'm still waiting to pull out Back to School, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, This is Spinal Tap, and The Shining. Doing my part to expose my kids to the classics, Silvio in Winter Springs, Florida. Wow. That's a diverse collection. Yeah, I don't think I could get away with that anymore. My kids have stopped letting me pick movies to watch. <laughs> they, when I say, "Hey, let's watch a movie," I've got something for you. They look at they literally the first thing out of their mouth is, "Is it an '80s movie?" Well, can't you and lie? So sometimes, sometimes I lie. Yeah, yeah I say no. like Sing Street. No, it's not an '80s movie. <laughs> it's set in the '80s, but no, it came out just last year. And, and then usually the next fallback is, "I'll tell you what, let's watch a half hour of it, and we'll see what you think. And if you hate it, we'll turn it off." And you know, we've always made it past that half hour mark. So oh, that's good because some yeah. of these movies are a, uh, like a, a real slog in the first half hour. Yeah, others are not, but some are. Just yeah. saying, like we watched Spinal Tap. Cameron and I watched Spinal Tap recently, and he was dying. But you know, that's because he's a guitar player, so he gets all the jokes. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, as always, we love your emails. Send them along to podcast at sit80s.com. Ah, a new theme song. It must be mm-hmm. time for I Want My MTV Theme Song where MTV stands for Mystery TV. I like the idea, but that we need that's kind of a long walk to get to that joke. <laughs> okay, well, if someone has a better idea for a theme song to about this brand new, absolutely not recycled, never been tried before Seggy, then feel free to email us and let us know. Um, it's pretty much the exact same as... Uh, uh, mystery movie moment or name that uh, name that eighties uh, tune. Except wait, we're gonna wait, play. Let me guess. Don't tell me. Let me guess. It's oh, a yeah. TV theme. It's a TV theme song. This should help people. On uh, anybody who comes to any of our trivia contests should be aided greatly by the fact that we're going to probably give away some uh, uh, obvious answers here over the next year or so. Uh, as always, uh, if you know it, email us and uh, we'll throw your name into the running for uh, fabulous prizes. All of which are practically free. Unspeakably valuable. Unspeakably yeah, valuable. Yeah. It, they have a certain cultural... Uh, Je ne sais quoi. Yeah, yeah. So pay attention. We'll run these a little longer than we would a normal uh, song. Here's this week's mystery TV theme. Well, I'm not the kind to kiss and tell but I've been seen with Could I be more awkward? I cannot. I can, the answer, I cannot. Uh, if you know it. <laughs> if you know it or you know a better name for the Seggy or you know a better theme song for it, if you know anything for a fact, email us. Do you us know at, anything, uh, Spears? 
Nothing. Uh, if you know it, email us at podcast at sit80s.com. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Okay, everybody, let's play What's It? What's it? it? The game where you guess what the card it's means. It's a wish. And a star. Star wish? Wish star? Wish on top of star. Wish upon a star. Oh, Every God. night I wish upon a star for the man of my dreams. I thought I was a man of your dreams. Every night I wish upon a star. Let's watch it again. Come on. Uh, sight, sight, sight. With a heart. Three sights. The heart's on the first sight. Love at first sight. Hey, we had love at first sight. Now I don't even look. Arthur. At anyone else. What's it? Once you what's it, you can't stop it. From Milton Bradley. And we're back. We have just a few minutes left. One thing we wanted to, to tell people was the um, last week on the show, we started the movie villain tournament. Yep. Yep. Voting is going strong. Yeah. As of today, when you listen to this podcast, we have now switched to round two. And after round two, we will let you know uh, who's, yeah, who's we'll, winning. So we'll you'll have to show. go to, yeah, go to SIT80s.com to vote in round two now. Or go to the Facebook page. There'll be links there. So, you yeah, know, and the on drill. our Twitter feed, and on our Tinder profiles, uh, you know, etc. You've been following the um, the action there. Are there any upsets brewing? Um, no, nothing really. I mean, there there are some upsets, but there, you know, honestly, the field is strong, top to bottom. Right. So, it's not like you know, it's not like in the actual basketball tournament where the 16 seed in the bracket is from, you know. East Wyoming Agricultural School of Midgets versus Duke, you know. Yeah. So it's, you don't have any serious mismatches there. Still would root against Duke. So, well, uh, anyway, so principle, yeah. obviously. <laughs> uh, and the other news we have is uh, we've mentioned it before on the show. We just want to mention it again. There's a 80s vacation event coming up in Punta Cana in the Dominican Republic. It's called 80s in the Sand. And it is a week long eighties thing. It's kind of like, it's like the eighties cruise, but it's on land. It's an all inclusive uh, resort and it is November 11th through 18th. So um, that would be the perfect kind of palate cleanser to get you ready for having all your family over for Thanksgiving. Right. Right. So I guess you the week go do that. Before. You'll be all, all de-stressed and then you can come home and stuff a turkey. <laughs> You'll have plenty of stories to tell them anyway. That's um, for sure. I, I will be on hand to do the trivia. Sessions for this one. Brad will be taking a uh, a long siesta this time. Uh, I, I, I'm not allowed in that part of the world right now. <laughs> for very good reason, from what I understand. Here are some of the bands that are playing. Uh, Loverboy, Night Ranger, Starship, Howard Jones, Winger, Berlin. We love Berlin. Smithereens. God, this list goes on forever, yeah, by the way. This is a really long list. Let me, you want me to step in here? We got yeah. also the Motels, uh, Tom Bailey from the Thompson Twins. I'm sorry. What I meant to say was my close personal friend, Tom Bailey from the Thompson Twins. Uh, <laughs> Jody Watley, Anna Motion, who I'm sure will play I Engineer at least three times. Uh, New Shoes, Flock of Seagulls, Stacy Q, um, Annabella from Bow Wow Wow. Bring us in, Spearsy. Yeah, Win in Rome, UK. And then there's a bunch of uh, amazing cover bands or tribute bands. Uh, Jesse's Girl is one of them. Rockstar, nice. the, the Reflex. Um, a bunch of really cool DJs there, including uh, Richard Blade from uh, First Wave on Sirius. And um, 
what's what makes this trip a little bit more interesting too, or makes it certainly a little different is there's some actors who will be attending. They include uh, Andrew McCarthy, Anthony Michael Hall, uh, Debbie Foreman from Valley Girl is going to be there. She's hopefully going to be co-hosting the trivia with me. That would be uh, so awesome. Curtis Armstrong. It goes. Uh, it goes on and on. Diane Franklin. You name it. I, I actually, to- when I look at that list, that kind of makes me a little bummed. I'm not going to be there. But I have to say, and I want full credit for this. If Deborah Foreman does trivia with you then that makes me the ultimate wingman. I am the wingman <laughs> of all wingmen. By it's, stepping back, you step forward. Yeah, yeah. You Don't probably- blow it, Spearsy. <laughs> hey, and, and we will have a discount uh, promo code for you soon just for Stuck in the A's fans. So, so keep an eye on our Facebook page. We'll probably, we'll probably have it for the next show next week. Um, so keep that in mind. Put it on your vacation calendar. 80s in the Sand. You can find out more at 80sinthesand.com, and they're also on Facebook. That promo uh, code, Wingman <laughs> B-Rad. It should be. It really should be. Uh, in any case, uh, more on that later. Uh, go fill in the brackets for round two. Uh, go check out Tin Man and Blind Date. <laughs> Wish me the be- best of luck with Buckeye Girl, as I've now dubbed her. For uh, my own personal blind dating adventures. Oh, hi. Oh. <laughs> no. There'll be no rooting for the Buckeyes. Just rooting for Buckeye Girl. Oh, okay. In the meantime, Brad and I, along with Buckeye Girl, will remain here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is a class of 85 production. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And remember, this is only an exhibition, not a competition. Please, no wagering.